good money to everybody here from Radio Free Professional Wrestling. It's Stunning Sean. And unfortunately, I'm not here with David. David is currently recovering from a minor surgery. He will be back in a few weeks. But luckily for me, I went north of the board here in the United States. And I got Canada's number one dad. It's Brad the Dad from the Spats Daddy's podcast from Sunny Night's main event podcast feed. Brad, how are you doing? I am great, Sean. I am here in snow-free Nova Scotia beautiful east coast of canada i am on the actual east of east coast of canada literally the atlantic ocean is probably about 10 minutes from my door and i am just happy to be here first of all david uh i'd like to send you the well wishes on behalf of greg and the rest of the night's main event feed uh we are thinking about you praying for you brother and get well soon i am going to be a not quite suitable replacement for your lovely your, your lovely english accent i have a canadian accent which isn't as lovely sean it is just kind of eh. yeah no i feel like we kind of lost the battle on that one having cool accents it's like us americans as canadians we don't have anything like the australians or the english no i have an east coast canadian accent which is just you know uh, a, ver- a sad version of the queen's english and occasionally we have an acadian community which is a french speaking so some of them have the interesting accent but i don't have that uh, i just have a boring canadian accent thank you again for having me on as a guest hello friends that's usually how i start my podcast i am one half of the smack daddies i am the lesser half of the smack daddies with greg father felt i'm not available brad the dad here and sean i I'm talking wrestling across north to south, and I'm looking forward to a, a convo and reconnecting with you, my friend. Well, thank you. Right now, I'm sitting inside looking outside at six inches of snow on the ground in wonderful Tennessee here in Knoxville, Tennessee. We had a late snowstorm here in March. And the funny thing is, it's on the 29th anniversary of the biggest snowfall in Knoxville when we had like 18 inches. So we here in Halifax had snow earlier this week. Uh, we have had rain and a beautiful like plus 10 degrees here in Canada so it is currently snow has got a couple of those old snow banks kicking around in remote parts of the city where they plow all the snow into one big spot and we're getting rain and high wind so I'm happy to be recording with you now <laughs> before we get weather well with all our wonderful introductions and stuff there ladies and gentlemen let's bring you guys up to date on the news this is your radio free pro wrestling control center all the wrestling news you need to know Okay, ladies and gentlemen and Brad, we're going to talk about Big E real fast here because last night on Friday, we're recording on Saturday, Big E had a tag team match where he was facing Sheamus and Rich Holland, and Rich Holland went for a suplex on to Big E. Big E landed badly and has broken his neck. He is in the hospital right now. He's already been on Twitter saying he's doing okay, but it's going to be a while before we see Big E back in the ring. Yeah, I, I was watching this. So last night, Greg and I went out for, we don't normally like get to go out very often because we're still in COVID Nova Scotia where there's very few restrictions. So we went out to watch a local sports game and my phone blew up during the game around 10 o'clock as I got home. So I watched that and then I watched it again and my wife heard me scream dream uh this morning as i was watching smackdown and recording the smack daddy's podcast right after my heart goes out to Big E, and i got to take a, a stunning take pardon sorry to steal your gimmick uh but i think he needs to go somebody needs to go back to nxt and i don't mean biggie ridge hollands i don't want the guy to be fired 
I'm not going to wish ill will upon anyone other than one person who got into my craw this week. But yeah, I don't want to wish ill will upon anyone other than I think he needs to go back and learn how to throw somebody because you can be strong. And I think Taz said it best on Twitter. You can be strong. You can be tough, but you can't drop people on their heads. And that was a botch. Is it fair to say that was a botch? Yes, I feel like you could say that was a botch. And I agree with you, Brad. I feel like he's not ready for primetime. They need to take him back over to NXT, let him have a little bit more seasoning, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and you know what? He can go back to the Performance Center and practice, and he can stay on the main roster, but now that they have a, th- a second guy, Pete Dunne, who is a very good professional wrestler, it could be Pete Dunne and Sheamus doing tag matches, and Ridge, you can watch from the corner, young man, and learn your lesson. Very similar to a guy from the past. How about Kevin Nash? That's what Kevin Nash did for the first six months he worked for WWE. He was in Shawn Michaels' corner as the bodyguard, and he watched. And Ridge clearly needs some more practice slash education before he's allowed to throw former world champion who now is missing wrestlemania here here's a fun fact for you you ready go ahead okay so we have two former champions both biggie and bobby lashley both african-american gentlemen and both are going to miss WrestleMania this year. And that kind of breaks my heart. It is me too. Because back in February, they did a special where they had Envira Saxon do a roundtable with Bobby Lashley, Big E, and Kofi Kingston talking about black WWE champions and how much pride they take in being WWE champions. Yeah, and it's sad for me that I never want to see anybody miss WrestleMania. And so that's the first sad part. My second sad part is that Big E, who is like the highlight. When we're watching SmackDown, we get a lot of garbage and a lot of recaps. And I, I watch SmackDown and Bernie in depth with Greg every week. And Big E's been the highlight. Yeah, literally the highlight. Until he moved to Raw. And then now that he's back, I don't even get to keep him. What's what's up with that? I know. Let's go ahead and move over to the second news story because you already kind of gave us a teaser for it. Pete Dunne made his SmackDown debut in the same episode. But Brad, he's going by Butch. They have, yet again, changed somebody else's name so they can have the copyright to it. And now the wonderful Pete Dunn is no more. He is Butch. So let me bring some sunshine, Sean. I'll bring the sunshine because you're getting the snow. I have rain, but I'll be sunshine on a cloudy day. Here's the thing. At least they said specifically during the promo, because I took detailed notes, we know him by his nickname. And I'm using the air quotes, which is a visual media, which doesn't work on podcasting. Nickname, I use the air quotes again. So here's the thing. They can then change it back at some point because this is his nickname. And when he leaves his faction, he can go back to Pete Dunne when he makes his face run. That's my hope because what is wrong with Pete Dunne? Is there anything wrong with that other than the fact that there's already a famous Dunne in WWE? Is that the problem? Well, I kind of take Pete over Kevin, but... I actually went to Pete Dunne's Twitter account and he kind of made a kind of joke of it going like Butch then underneath it he had like question mark then probably with like a uh, struggling emoji. Yeah, it's fine. It's not the worst nickname. He, yeah, when we go through the WWE names, Dolph Ziggler. He is not Dolph Ziggler. Butch is not a terrible nickname and there's a famous Butch from WWE past. If he has half the career that Butch from the Bushwhackers had, right? Oh yeah, he can aspire to be more than, were they ever WWF tag team champions? No, but they are Hall of Famers and that's a pretty good career and think about it the last half of those guys' career all they did was like do their stupid dance and bang around a ring they went from blood and guts to and scarred up faces to two of the most beloved uh wwe faces of all time so you know there could be much worse in your life and let's be honest if i if you hear that theme song right in your headphones you would immediately know who they are and could envision them walking around. And if you can get that out of a career where you can then tour the indies, because I met one of the Bushwhackers here locally, and I heard from the local promoter, he made $1,000 plus his expenses to fly up to Nova Scotia. And all he did, hit the ropes, hit a guy, Matt, like barely anything. And he got like 
it's not a bad gig if you can get it. No, no. I mean, a lot of people will sign up for that. I mean, it would be kind of cool. Anyways, it's um, yeah, it'll be uh, great. So what else? What else do we has has hit your uh, your newsfeed this week that we should uh, we can bounce around? Well, backstage at AEW on Friday night, Tony Chimble showed up backstage because he knows some people in AEW. Could you imagine them actually using Tony Chimble on Rampage and having the other announcer on just Dynamite? Because that'd be kind of cool. I think he would be great for him to get a gig, especially on Rampage. I, I really enjoy... I'm trying to think of the announcer that's there because he was another WWE guy that does it and the name's excluding me but i'll make this point with you do you know what Tody chimble is doing right now is his day job yeah he's working over at trader joe's and not there's anything wrong with that but when you think about how talented that guy is it's kind of sad that he isn't somewhere like he's not even calling like a local sports team could you imagine having tony chimble at your local sports team or my local sports team i was again at the halifax the national lacrosse halifax thunderbirds i would love to have had tony chimble be like your halifax thunderbirds number 22 and roll the r's i love tony chimble so tony get a job we we miss you can i be selfish for a second go ahead canadian legend edge that's the only thing that i'm sad about is that we're not going to get rated our superstar ever again if he gets signed with AEW because he's going to be dead to them <sighs> I know, I know. We won't. They'll probably start editing him out of all the edge matches here coming up soon. Yeah. All right. And last and certainly not least, I'm looking forward to this. Okay, let's talk about some buy rates from AEW Revolution. Because reportedly, they have got 110,000 buys just from Bleacher Report and Fight TV alone. And once they factor in the cable pay-per-view numbers, you're probably looking at 170 to almost 200,000 buys for AEW Revolution, making it the second highest grossing pay-per-view for AEW. And that's... That's not counting the fact that they were in a number of theaters across America. And eventually, I would. that's how I want to watch it here in Canada, is um, we... There's only one movie theater left here in Canada that is national as a national chain, and I hope that it eventually they will. I I, I can't imagine like in Canada. So the t- tickets are twenty five dollars Canadian, which is like twelve bucks American to go watch WWE. But our WWE Network subscription a month is twelve dollars as well. So tw- you can pay twice as much just to go to the, the theater and buy thirty dollar popcorn and watch the pay per view, or you can watch it at home with your buddies. And you know my usually when I host the pay per view party with a few of my friends, they bring the snacks i have the pay-per-view i bring some snacks and we have some fun but yeah that's um that's good news about AEW. they're becoming a viable number two and i am very interested to hear about their tv rights deals which will come up in the next little bit and more importantly their digital rights deals is there i didn't see any news this week did you is there any word on whether they are have worked out anything with hbo max because selfishly here in canada we get hbo max as part of our crave package and so for 11 bucks a month, if I could get on-demand AEW, oh. I haven't seen anything lately besides the fact that reportedly they were working on some kind of deal between AEW and HBO Max. It would make sense for them to just sell the rights to a established streaming service instead of building your own from the ground up. Yeah, and they have ROH footage now. So that is, yeah, Honor Club. Sorry for anybody who still has Honor Club. For the 25 of you that are still out there and they're not and i'm not disrespecting honor club i think that they have the great footage although from what i've heard through the grapevine it is going to be footage it's gonna be hard to edit because it has all of that copyrighted music although with tony khan he may not edit it sean he may just go i'll just pay for this music you know what a couple hundred thousand dollars for a billionaire you know like, hey i'll get this it seems like the only one he won't 
pay for and i agree with him is final countdown because reportedly you're wanted like a hundred thousand dollars for the rights to the song yeah and we have like you know what just sub in the aew theme song that they made nobody will even complain well people will complain because it's the internet people complain about everything so say levy i mean if i was your i'd be like wait a minute we can get our song played every time daniel bryson goes out for a match or a promo we're getting all this free advertisement why not just slash that down to something reasonable and some instead of a hundred freaking thousand yeah or you know even work out a pro bono deal like let's work out a reasonable deal i'll give you a reasonable uh deal which would be if they um so every time somebody watched the match they get 10 cents right yeah yeah so it's so it's proportional and in the long run it may be worth more but it's proportional and it has a cap or something there's got to be some middle ground but okay name me another song by that band i can't brad that's the only song i know of europe right and and yes and i'm sure there's a europe band somewhere listening to this podcast screaming however right like so work how is it that cult of personality was able to be licensed jungle boy was able to be licensed by tony khan and europe can't be bothered to make a deal it's a funny funny world it, we're not talking about the beatles here folks we're talking about europe exactly and i feel like i should get extra credit points for knowing the band's name you should get extra credit points i give you 27 extra bonus points today okay i'll put that in my bank for future use so let's slide over to our stunning six questions of the week as we look back on the good the bad and the oh so ugly in professional wrestling it's time for the stunning six questions all of the whys and what have they done now hopefully sean and david can make sense of it okay brad first up back on Monday night raw kevin owens ended the show with a mega bit segment where instead of teasing a match with a certain texan he's like you know what I'm going to do a talk show. And no, I'm a loyal Canadian. So no, it's not going to be Shawn Michaels. Forget him. It's not going to be Booker T because he literally claimed to be from Harlem, New York for most of his career. And let's only talk about JBL. He's not worth any time. I'm going to talk to that out of shape, beer drinking, redneck, Stone Cold Steve Austin. If he has a guest to show up and Austin has agreed to show up at WrestleMania for the KO show. So what do you think we're going to get? Are we going to get this a stunner or we'll get more than a stunner? Oh, I think we got to get a little more physicality than a stunner, right? They promised that he's going to be there. They filmed that dramatic scene with the the buggy, which we saw on SmackDown and on the internet. I think Wednesday was the first time it premiered. So more than a stunner, but less than a match. And I think is this not going to be a match because Steve Austin doesn't think he has a real match in him. That would be my my guess. Your thoughts? I was thinking the same thing because I know Steve Austin has always protected his image of what his career has been and I feel like if he can't go through a full match you won't see a match because Austin wants to leave that last image we have of him with a excellent match. So I can see this being a freaking brawl and a couple stunners and I guarantee you everybody in that same is going to be happy to see KO this basically job out to Stone Cold. They're going to enjoy it. Yeah, I am very curious to see what will end up happening uh, with all of that and I think that WWE and Steve Austin make a fortune on merchandise. Uh, SmackDown last night had, they were setting up a 316 day and all the new merch that's going to come out and yeah, there is a buttload of money to be made from Steve Austin shirts. So I imagine the redone classic 316 shirts and about 75 other versions of Steve Austin shirts available at WWEshop.com right now. So we need to disagree a little bit more because this doesn't make very good podcasting. Well, let's go to the stunning question number two to see if we can disagree a little bit. So one of the 
best performers from NXT UK is making the trip over to NXT North America as A-Kid has just lost his last match on NXT UK this past weekend as he was facing William Regal's son and he's heading over to NXT proper. What do you see the future for this Spanish superstar known as A-Kid? Very decent run in NXT and then in some sort of goofy tag team because he can't talk and Vince won't know what to do with a short guy who can't talk. You know, I got a fear that he's going to be the third member of the Los Imperios. Oh, or worse, he will be the fourth member of the Gunther squad, which is what we we just named this on the Smack Daddy's podcast. Was I made a joke about Imperium, and I made something in Greg jokes. The Gunther squad. And so now that's where I can only think of Imperium as the Gunther squad. And he'll be the jobber for that squad. A-Kid is amazing. The only problem is that he is with the wrong company. And I don't mean that... In in a bad way i think wwe for a lot of guys is a good option and i'm happy that there's multiple companies that are hiring and paying wrestlers well however a kid is short skinny and can't cut a promo like that's the vince mcmahon kiss of death trio exactly so i'm hoping this like a short-term assertion over to north america so they can have him on nsc 2.0 and have some excellent matches with some of the other cruiserweights they have around there then he'll go back over to nst uk proper and he can be a future nst uk champion but the problem is that that is not a path. You work in NXT UK until you're until there's somebody that sees something in you. Then you go to NXT 2.0. And unfortunately for him, unless he's in a tag team, I don't see a singles career for him because they, for some reason, want to push morons like Ridge Holland, who can't throw a suplex and drop people on their head. You know, they always been claiming they want the next kind of big Latin star, like another Rey Mysterio. Well, AK could be that next person they just need to find a manager to do his promos for him or better yet let his actions in the ring speak for him i have a fear that he is the next cesaro and cesaro now gone from wwe back to casio because i don't even know what to do because you have a guy who can speak multiple languages who could work in your international markets and cesaro's taller than a kid he's bigger than a kid he's at least as good if not a slightly better wrestler and they didn't couldn't do anything with cesaro for a decade so i don't have a lot of hope for those guys who come over from europe and don't speak english well okay so let's go over to sydney question number three because on wednesday night dynamite from aew the first segment we saw was the demise of the inner circle and the rise of the jericho appreciation society as jericho turns on ortiz and santana and joins 2.0 and daniel garcia and a faction that we thought was going to be headlined by john moxley and daniel bryan the three other members they talked about joined chris jericho so what do you think about jericho's new crew i think jericho's a lot of love for 2.0 i'm not sure bryan and yeah what they're going to do with the william regal's new group but I'm I'm okay with this. I think keeping Jake hey Jake with with Jericho works, and so he's the heavy of the group. You have a technician similar to Sammy G, except Sammy G is more of a flyer, and then you have a tag team. And 2.0 is highly underrated. It gives Jericho some lackeys, and let's give a big shout out to Chris Jericho late in his career putting over to the young guys. He helped Ortiz and he also he got Jake up and running and now he's sliding over and he's going to put he's going to get these three guys up and running. So, I don't know. I I I don't think Jericho could do any wrong. Do you prefer Jericho as a face or a heel? And in this heel role, do you think this will revigorate Jericho in AEW? Okay, so quick story here. So, I've been following Jericho's career since he was in WCW when he first 
debuted in WCW, my brother was a big Jericho holic, and I couldn't stand the guy. I thought he's nothing special. Fast forward 20 years and the amazing career that Chris Jericho has had. I'm a big Chris Jericho fan now. I prefer him to be a heel. He is way better as a heel than a face. And it's the Jericho Society will be great. I'm looking forward to it. And big shout out to Chris Jericho again for putting over those other guys. And I really am happy that we now have Santana Ortiz back together with Eddie Kingston. And that'll make a great little faction. So who do you think they're pulling in? Because right now there's five guys on one side and three on the other side. Do you think they can find some friends? Well, you know, you got Sammy Guevara out there doing his own fate right now as he left the inner circle before all this happened. So he could slide back in there with Eddie Kingston and Santana Ortiz and not really be a full member of that little faction, but be like the fourth member to help out in the fight, then I'm pretty sure they can find Warlord, a new babyface Warlord, to be the fifth member to take on Hagger. Yeah, and even if he's just there for the, the to be their muscle. Okay, I'm going to ask a little aside. I know this isn't on the list, but can, I'm going to ask a quick question. Are we ready for AEW? Not that AEW needs more titles. I heard somebody else talking about tag teams, like a US tag team title. I don't think they need a tag team title. I think they need a six-man title. Okay, so the only problem about having a six-man title in AEW is TV time. As right. we've seen in the this episode that we're talking about, they crammed so much stuff into two hours. I really thought they were doing speed. Maybe it's because we've spent so much time as, you know, we're similar in age. We've watched uh, a lot of WWE. We're used to match, interview, promo package. Match, interview, promo package. In fact, if you watch SmackDown this week, there were 14 recaps. And now I kind of counted a few things coming in on the commercial breaks like raw rebounds and commercials but there are 14 places where i can get up and have a pee break you can't do that watching AEW. you literally can't you know big shout out to you for doing the an AEW review first of all good call because it's way better than watching raw or smackdown secondly how do you take notes secret to the podcast i literally don't take any notes all i do is write out the 76 questions then i watch the pay-per-view right before we hit the podcast so i have it fresh in my mind and we just talk about what we like from the, the pay-per-view okay yeah and, and then and you drink and you take to a, a line of cocaine and, a, and three red bulls and away you go because there's no way to keep up with that show without some sort of like i mean and don't get me wrong i don't want them to change anything other than i don't want them to add tv time either i don't know i just don't know can we have some of these titles be interchangeable with the roh stuff and we can have them go back and forth that's the solution uh, get get me two hours of roh or i mean i don't want to watch dark and elevation in order to keep up but it's starting to feel like with AEW, you have to watch everything exactly okay this is gonna be my wish list for AEW for the rest of the year i want to see Hangman Adam Page on there every other week with the world title so we know he's the champion and they're behind the champion. Then you can have a week where you have like the women's title on there. The other week you can have the tag team title and eventually you can have that six man title in there like the third week and you just rotate through. So each show has two champions. You focus on those two champions and we're off to the races. And a few blood feuds in between. And yeah, and then you can rotate other people onto Rampage and you can make a, a tight uh, six hours. But they have to find a, a balance because the Rampage going into the pay-per-view was... If, if AEW, if this past week's Dynamite was fast, it felt like all they were doing was constantly pitching to the next thing and constantly and constantly. It was nonstop. Now, that's what I want for my pay-per-views. 
because their five-hour pay-per-views feel like they're three hours, and somehow a WWE pay-per-view, which is about three hours, somehow feels like 15. I know. Looking back on this episode of AEW, as we're going into stunning question number four, and I was asking you, do you feel like they crammed too much into that episode of AEW? Because I was having WCW Nitro flashbacks here. Well, I think it was too much, and I think that's the danger. And somehow, I feel like we need to have uh, the forbidden door needs to be open. The guys producing WWE and the guys producing AEW need to come out. They need to go to some place, have a steak, have a beer, have a wonderful conversation. And the guys from AEW can give the WWE guys hints to speed it up. And the guys from WWE can give them hints to slow it down. And somewhere between these two products is a, is a perfect formula. But now we got we got one that's too hot and one that's too cold. And I'm I am like a Goldilocks. I just want the porridge that's just right. Because on this episode of AEW, we saw a AEW World Title match. We had a number one contender match for the future shot at Britt Baker. We had a TNT title match. Oh hey, by the way, Patriot and Sam became all elite at the end of the episode. And we had a formation of two new factions and a demise of the inner circle all wrapped in and like 120 minutes and about seven promo segments and a tag match and like you just start going through it and you're like it never stopped and again not bad just not it's like going to an all-you-can-eat buffet and eating one or two things too much and then at the end of the thing you're like i regret all of this and i don't regret watching AEW. i just have that feeling of ugh, i'm i'm full i'm done i don't need to watch another wrestling show for two days afterwards okay so i enjoyed this episode of AEW dynamite i enjoyed it a lot i just had that feeling that after i got done watching it on wednesday night i literally had to go back thursday morning and watch it again so i remember everything that would happen is there too much of a good thing? This is the question you've asked, and I think we've established, yes, there can be too much of a good thing. Well, speaking of too much could be a good thing, back on NXT 2.0, we had a three-way for the NXT title, and surprise, surprise, the man who steals the show, Dolph Ziggler, is your new NXT champion. What do you see the future for one Dolph Ziggler? I hope that he gets main event. And I'm happy for Dolph because he was not getting a spot on WrestleMania other than a battle royal. So good for Dolph to get a showcase. And I just think it's a transitional title hold. Is this just building up so that Braun Breaker can be a two-time NXT champion? Well, see, there's been rumors that Vince McMahon wants to pull Braun Breaker up to Raw or SmackDown. Probably more like Raw after WrestleMania because we saw Braun Breaker have his first match on Raw this past Monday. And unlike Kerr Cross, he actually won this match. So they're behind him. So at least he has that going for him. Well, and I think that he has the lineage. Although, can we just call him Braun Steiner or Rex Steiner or something that involves the word Steiner? Because he's a Steiner. I get it. It's it, it just he would make more sense. Now, I got a pitch for you. You ready? Because I we are solutions orientated on the Smack Daddies podcast on the Sunday night's main event podcast feed. Here is my pitch for you. We we're going to continue having the battle royal the andre's a giant battle royal so but instead of having just raw and smackdown superstars we add an nxt superstar and if you win the andre the giant battle royal as an nxt superstar you get called up to the main roster and if you win it as a as a main roster wrestler you can pick which mid-card title you would like 
either ICUS or one of the tag titles if you have a partner. And so you could use this as a way to bring guys up to the main roster. And then what a better way to bring Braun Breaker up. He wins that battle royal and then goes right into Money in the Bank and yeah, go goes on to cash in at some point. You could transition him into a major star very, very quickly. And WWE, let's be honest, needs a major star specifically on the baby face side because all Vince can make his heels. You know, Brad, that was a great idea, but unfortunately for you, have you remember what they done with the winner of the Andre the Immortal Battle Royal Champion for the last three years in WrestleMania? Because I can't. Right. So a cough, cough, Mojo Raleigh has been released. Listen, one guy, there is one Andre the Giant Battle Royal winner who has had gone on to have an incredible career. And it's not who you're thinking of. It's Happy Corbin. Happy Corbin, formerly uh, Baron Corbin, formerly King Corbin. He is Teflon. That dude will be in WWE until he's a billion years old. You know, he is his generation's Miz. Oh, I he is Rick the Model Martell. Like, he's going to keep getting repackaged over and over and over again and never go anywhere it's just it's incredible think about this and is it is it a compliment to drew mcintyre or a compliment to baron corbin that is their match think about it drew mcintyre two years ago pandemic we're all watching wrestlemania from home and he becomes world champion and now he's wrestling the undefeated air quotes uh, listen to the Smack Daddy's podcast if you want to see us a thorough debunking of the undefeated, as I use air quotes again, uh, Happy Corbin. Uh, he is undefeated, by the way, in, in singles competition on SmackDown. If we don't talk about house shows and tag matches, the guy hasn't lost since he became Happy Corbin. Hashtag spoiler alert. Yeah, hashtag spoiler alert. Uh, on the other hand, I think that they'll have a very good, very passable WrestleMania match. When Happy Corbin came up onto the roster the first time, we all kind of railed against this guy because we thought, Man, he's nothing special, but he's proven us wrong because time after time, year after year, the dude is always on TV. He always has some kind of feud. And like you said, he's Teflon. There's somebody in higher up WWE management who thinks this guy is the next decent thing or a solid hand that they can count on. So they're giving him at least a somewhat push here with a match with Drew McIntyre. And big shout out to you because you named it and now I can't get it out of my head. He is this generation's Miz. He also doesn't get hurt ever. The only thing this guy is missing is a money in the bank cash in where he actually wins. The only thing he also needs is a, I don't know, is he dating somebody or is he married? Oh, he's happily married. He has a lovely wife, not in the business. And apparently he's keeps, he's very private. You're right. The other thing he misses is being his own reality show. But he, I don't know. He doesn't seem to, like Miz will do all that stuff. It seems like this guy just is happy to go in do his thing be an annoying heel get beat up on the house shows and then go home and live a very quiet life where if you follow him on any of his social media the man likes to cook things that's it that's all we hear from this guy also a model wwe employee because we don't hear anything but him cooking things on there rather than you know arrested for the 17th time he is really good as being a heel like being a mid-card heel i agree with you brad he is doing an excellent job he does make me boo him in the proper way let's go ahead and slide over to our sixth and final stunning question of the week as we're talking about heels because we are in week two of this wwe wanting the rated r superstar edge to be a heel if you notice back on raw money night they literally turn off the mics to the crowd as Edge was coming out underneath that blue light. And for some reason, they thought he was the uh, edge attacker. Are we, are we ready for this hill edge? You totally just bought me there, the edge attacker. So I don't know if we're ready for heel edge, but I'm going to tell you my, my theory. And I even heard Jason and Mark on uh, the midweek markout 
talk about how they got this wrong. I think they just are trying to make a face out of AJ Styles because AJ is now re-signed with WWE, probably his last full-time contract. And what does WWE need more than anything is a lovable babyface. And when he's on, is there any more lovable underdog babyface than AJ Styles? Okay, you get me there. I agree with you. AJ Styles, you know, he's one of those people, he could be good both ways. I enjoy him as a heel or a face. But they need a face right now. And Edge, let's be honest, Edge is going to go away after WrestleMania. He'll take some time off. He'll re- go home and, and recover and be back for SummerSlam. So you need a guy on the road who can go, can fight for your world title. And that's what AJ will do. And I hope one last run for AJ. Now, I would say Daniel Bryan is a more lovable heel. So, sorry, lovable babyface. The only lovable babyface they have left in, in of that kind is AJ. So you need to make faces. And Brock's going away after WrestleMania. Edge is going away. So who do you have left on the roster that you want to cheer for? Other than, well, we had Big E, but he's hurt. So I'll put that question to you, my host. Who on the WWE roster do you want as a babyface? Who is the guy you cheer for? Okay, so I'm in charge of WWE in this model universe, right? Yep, and you get to pick a baby face that you would get behind. And you can switch somebody if you want, but out of the... So let's start with the first, let's start with the crop of baby faces you have in front of us that are currently baby faces as they are aligned right now. Who's your guy? Who is your? Who is the guy coming out of WrestleMania that's going to fight Roman Reigns for those titles? Because I'm... Spoiler alert, Roman Reigns is winning. They're, they're not ending his streak until The Rock ends it. Okay, I got two choices for you. I'm going to go okay. over to SmackDown. I'm going to pull somebody from SmackDown over to Raw and get behind them. And that's one ricochet. And my second choice is going to be Finn Balor. You So, very good choices. I would push both. Let's just go back to SmackDown for a second because we're now... This is Monday. You're Everybody has watched SmackDown. Down. They've heard the Smack Daddy's podcast. If not, uh, subscribe to the SNME Patreon. You can patreon.com slash SNME. You can hear our review. And my pet peeve of SmackDown was Ricochet wi- wins and th- his, his title. He defends it successfully. He's there standing, holding his title successfully at the end of SmackDown. Oh, wait, it's not the end of SmackDown. Ronda Rousey needs a, needs a thing. And Charlotte needs a thing. They can't get behind Ricochet to cut their nose off to spite their face. He is a good dude. He is, by all accounts, not trouble, easy to get along with. He is a visible minority. He can wrestle like like nobody else in the world, and you can't figure out a way to push him. What is wrong with you people? And I don't mean you, I mean WWE management. I knew that. Right, I knew that. It's funny because they actually have somebody sitting at home making money right now that wanted out of the company. They can also use as a baby face on Raw. Yeah, and even an even better story. So he is a good dad. Shout out to the dad club. He is a visible minority. Retired Detroit police officer. He is also a man of the Muslim faith which is not a, a, a thing they've ever tapped into in WWE, and they could push him too. So you're right. And Finn Balor is, let's keep going. Finn Balor, good dude, never a problem, excellent wrestler, rarely gets hurt, and they don't get behind him either. So that's the problem, is that they have three or four great baby faces there, but you and I know they're good baby faces. We need to call Stanford and go, and Mr. McMahon, you have some guys. Can you just pick one of them, make them lovable? So I'll give you my other guy, and he'll be back hopefully for Royal Rumble. I, I'm going to rebook WrestleMania next year because we all know wrestlemania next year in la the main event is supposed to be roman reigns versus the rock and that is a great spectacle and i agree that would be lovely and we would all enjoy it but the problem is raw the night after who who do you get behind so either roman wins and he continues his reign of dominance or the rock wins he has the titles and what do you do with that so i will give you an out an outside the box solution in about nine months from now god willing our boy biggie will be healthy and happy and ready to go 
that's just in time for the Royal Rumble. Big E comes out as a surprise entrant to the Royal Rumble, wins the Royal Rumble, and then goes on to WrestleMania and ends Roman's reign, which by that point would be like 800 and something days. And all of a sudden, you got you have a babyface. And you have a babyface we can all get behind because you can do the behind-the-scenes story of Big E. You can have all of his colleagues talking about how he is just a good dude. That he's, he's a great guy. Nobody has... If you go on Twitter right now, and if you haven't been on Twitter since Big E's been hurt, go on Twitter, go through the feeds. Go on the Insta, go through the feeds. Go on the WWE Facebook, go through the feeds. Everybody's wishing Big E. He is the baby face that we need for this generation. And he had a title run, but you can make this one the ultimate comeback. For us, we grew up, I'm sure, similar age. I'm sure you can remember when you heard Triple H come out to that Royal Rumble and return and win that WrestleMania. Or John Cena when he returned and won at WrestleMania. Or Edge when he returned and won at WrestleMania. It's an easy formula. You make a legend. Why? Sean, tell me why we don't love Big E. Why, do, why does Vince not love Big E? I can't put my finger on it because, A, the dude fits the ideal bill for a WWE champion in the eyes of Vincent Man because he has his size, he has his strength, he has ability to cut promos. I don't see what they don't see because to me, I feel like him and Bobby Lashley should be a WWE Championship main event at a Mania coming up because the two of them would have an excellent match. Right, and I, I would say to you, it borders lines on, and it's two random white dudes, but it borderlines on racism. To me, there's some something there that my, I put on my cultural lens, and I and I become very concerned that it borders lines on an underlying problem with wrestling, where we never really see a, a dominant African American, African Canadian, uh, a person of African descent in a prominent position in one of the main companies in america in wrestling uh ron simmons comes to mind but and the rock but the rock is uh, a samoan and uh, actually african nova scotian descent because his father's from just around the corner from where i live right now but we've never like we have not had that main champion for a long term who the company has really gotten behind so that's my hope that's my wish biggie nearly died on television last night let when the guy comes back push him to the moon and again uh shout out to biggie I know you're never going to hear this, but if you do, by some chance, find this on the internet, we are wishing you well. We are sending you the power of positivity, and I can't wait for you to get back and show the world what we, what we as hardcore wrestling fans, already know, which is that you are a gift, my friend. You are a gift. Well, getting back around to Ez before you wrap up this show here, it seems like I'm really disappointed in this hill turn, but normally... I would be behind a hill edge because, like Chris Jericho, I feel like edge is better as a hill. But there comes a certain point in a career where we don't want to boo you anymore. Do you really? My struggle with edge is I don't know if I can boo the guy. Like, I like him as a heel. He can be a killer heel. But I don't know if I want to boo him at the point. Like, how do you boo a guy who came back from a career-ending injury and, you know, it's this good dad from lives in the sticks takes care of his friends and even after his friends get kicked out of the company uh, i'm thinking talking about fdr he put those guys over all the time he mentions them on tv he puts over his boys he by all accounts is a good dude who is nothing but a but fun and makes the best out of a bad situation yeah it's like okay rick flair okay we can all boo him because of things we've learned about rick flair in now but we don't really want to boo rick flair i i struggle with hulk hogan i will say that very plainly hulk hogan has said awful things and done awful things he's but he's a he's a human being and he's flawed and i don't want to boo these guys like that we grew up as my childhood heroes and 
and I get it. People make mistakes. People are bad people, blah, blah, blah. But like you get to a point in your life where you don't want to boo your heroes. Exactly, Brad. And that's really the point I had last week when I was talking to David about this Edge Hill turn is like Edge has got to the point where he's like Ric Flair, where he's a legend. We don't want to boo a legend. We know Edge's backstory. I was literally at Edge's last match when I was at WrestleMania 27 in Atlanta and I saw mm-hmm. him wrestle the person that we would not mention now because that person is really scum now. There's somebody we can all agree we can boo. <laughs> yes, Alberto Del Rio is somebody we can all boo because that dude has had the biggest fall for grace I can remember in modern professional wrestling. And and should be banned from the sport. I very rarely say that there's an, infor- an unforgivable sin, but there is sometimes, it's like fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, fool me about 75 times, and oh my gosh, why are you still talking? Exactly, Brad. And that's probably going to be the last time I ever mention Alberto Del Rio on this podcast. So far, the class, um, if we got two more minutes, the class looks great. If the rumor's true, Sid, Vader, and The Undertaker, three world champions in one class, and I don't know who else they would add. I assume a woman and a tag team. That's traditionally it. The only thing I'm worried about is that they're going to try and squeeze all that into a 90-minute window when reality is, let's be frank, you, me, and every other wrestling fan would be happy if they spent 90 minutes blowing smoke up the Undertaker's butt. Okay, I saved a report on Twitter that they are thinking about just having Vader and Undertaker be the two live um, Hall of Fame induct members and the other three or how many people they induct to the Hall of Fame would be like video inductions. So literally, I would be for that for a 90-minute episode, especially after you're doing it after SmackDown. You're going to have people there to like 12 o'clock at night. That's okay. Usually, I'd be the person like, no, I want to see all these people have their moment in the sun and let them do their own speeches. But you know what? You could do Vader's as a video introduction and you could mix them into SmackDown and use it as a giant plug for the WWE Network. Because... Let's be honest, uh, what we would get on a SmackDown, usually you get a big go-home show, but I don't trust WWE the night before WrestleMania not to have a, like a gong show SmackDown. Like, it's going to be recap number 45, and the sound effect plays. Like, it's just going to be constant recaps all day long, Sean. So I... Uh, Michelle McCool, right? Like, like, let's be honest about this. Let's put this very frankly. As a married man, if I was going into getting some credit and my wife was going to, my wife could possibly get some credit as well. Like, she's get, she's in this Hall of Fame. This is her hometown as well. Like, she's got to be. The Undertaker's going in and I, he deserves his, his flowers. But, like, maybe she doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, but maybe Mrs. Undertaker gets in the Hall of Fame because... Okay, right, I got you. I can hear this right now in the office of Vince, Vince McMahon as he's saying number three, Undertaker. Undertaker's going like, hey, Vince, you know, I spent my whole career with you. I could have gone to WCW, but I didn't do it. You owe me a favor. I need a favor. Can you put Michelle McCool in the Hall of Fame for me? Because I will never hear the end of it if I'm in it and she's not. Please put her in, please. Yeah, I, I really like my bed. My couch is not that comfy. My I would like to hang you, but, you know, and then he looks at Vince and goes, come on, man, you're a married man. Happy wife, happy life. And then Vince goes, well, goddamn, pal. You're right. Let, let me call Michelle right now. You keep quiet while I call her and pretend like this wasn't your idea. <laughs> And that's it. And you know what? In all honesty, if they put them in as lay cool, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, I think they, if we're like, you start looking at who's in the women's hall of fame. Can you really make a case? Michelle McCool is not hall of fame worthy. I mean, she had a career. She has a number of titles and I would put her in as lay cool. Yes. But you know what they probably end up doing? They'll probably put her in twice with her being by herself and her being with lay cool. Oh, don't kid yourself. And Kane's going to, Kane's in the hall of fame. We're going to get the brother's destruction. We're going to get like how many incarnations of wrestling? Rick Flair, if he hadn't gotten himself in trouble, would be in the Hall of Fame as part of Evolution. He'd be part of the Hall of Fame as like 12 other factions. Let's 
put that all out there. Ric Flair would be a 14-time Hall of Famer. I know, Brad. But you know what? It's the WWE Hall of Fame. They could do whatever they want to with it because it's their Hall of Fame. So, I, I since we're near the end, uh, Sean, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. I know I am not, I'm an inadequate replacement for David. But for last thing, as always, David, get well, feel better. I am looking forward to... One of these times we'll have to do the ultimate crossover episode where we get the four of us in. We'll have a have a four way match and we'll just shoot around. We could do we, at that week. We probably don't even need to do news. We could just do stunning six questions and uh, I'll bring I'll bring the other East Coast dad and you bring your your English brother. We'll do the quad and it'll be a lot of fun and. Or either that, or maybe you'll do a run-in. There'll come a time where where there'll be a, a stunning Sean run-in over to the Smack Daddies. I can I see that you I can see it over in the corner. You can't see it, folks, because you're not on video. I see Sean has this blue Money in the Bank briefcase sitting there, and he's gonna come wind sprinting in and cash in and join the become the honorary Smack Daddy. I don't know if I I assume you don't have kids, but if you know that you know of, so maybe you're the maybe you're the missing Smack Daddy. Oh, I can see this now. You're like halfway through your episode and I just have this weird intro music drop in and I run right behind Greg and I hit him with the case and I finish the episode. <laughs> Greg's out. Greg's lying there in a pool of his own blood and you're just there like, Brad, let's keep going. You know what? He might actually legitimately call you in if we ever go back to the Sonya Deville slash uh, Naomi thing. I think he was legitimately expecting you to apply for his job and would gratefully pass that one away. And trust me, uh, we also, in the SMME family, besides our regular show, we seem to always get Saudi Arabia, which is super hilarious because I... <laughs> I have I did not watch Saudi Arabian shows until I was asked to do them for podcasting because to me they're like they make me feel gross. So the things we do for podcasting, Sean. I know, I know. We even put up with people like Greg. <laughs> when he hears this later, he's gonna kill me. Oh, I know. It's just love. You guys are you you guys uh, have a loving jab at each other, and you know what? It is all love, and I am happy to jump in here anytime you need. And yeah, hopefully under better circumstances. Hopefully David's on vacation rather than uh, recovering from surgery. And again, Biggie, get well. But more importantly, David, get well. I'm looking forward to hearing your beautiful English accent back into my into my ears. Ladies and gentlemen. That was Brad and Dad from Despite Daddy's Podcast. Please go over to Sunday Night's main event. For $4 a month, you can have access to all the amazing shows from Sunday Night's main event. And ladies and gentlemen, until I join you next week with yet a co-host, until I get David back, this is Sunny Sean wishing you a sunny rest of the week. Stay sunny, except for you, Greg. You just walk off into the rain or snow, whatever you have up there. Just walk away. We'll see you later. Stay sunny. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.